listening to the Nonstop Mom podcast, where you'll gain scriptural insight that will help you effectively raise next generation leaders. Here's your host, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. All right. Hey, ladies, welcome back to Nonstop Mom podcast. This is Carolyn Shuttlesworth, and this is going to be an awesome episode. I have the honor and the privilege of having my wonderful mother-in-law, Bonnie Shuttlesworth. Hi, everybody. Joining me this week, um, I wanted to talk about how to raise godly children. Actually, I'm going to let her do a lot of the talking. I'm going to be interviewing her because she has such an anointing for this. I mean, I'm married to one of, out of her two children, she has a son and a daughter, um, and they both love the Lord. They both are um, in ministry. And, you know, when I travel a lot, one of the things I notice, especially a lot with uh, preacher children, is that they've gone away from the Lord and they've come back and thank the Lord for restoration. Thank the Lord yes. for forgiveness and thank the Lord that they did come back yes. to serve him. But I also believe that that doesn't have to be their story. Right. And so I wanted to let you guys hear because, you know, I get the privilege of, of being with her and it's such a joy. I just have to say, um, uh, she didn't pay me to say this and I'm not trying <laughs> to get brownie points, but it is such a joy to get along with your in-laws. And I am very blessed yes. that, um, my children have wonderful grandparents and I get the privilege of having wonderful in-laws that make my life easy. And it is a joy to be with them. And so, you know, not only do I look up to my mother-in-law and I honor her, she is also a friend. I consider her being my friend. Yes. I've put on a lot of my stuff. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It says what the Bible says um, about raising or, or what? What is it? What the Bible says about child training. Yeah. Child training. R. Richard uh, F. Fugate. Or it's Richard like Fugate. Yeah. But there's. And you can find it on yeah. Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite books. I actually still have it next to my bedside table. Um, and so besides the Word of God, there are some good books. But obviously the Word of God is the main life's manual uh, for how we are to raise. Yes. So while I'm here with my wonderful mother-in-law, uh, the first question I have for you would be, because you know a lot of young moms are listening, and I'm, I really feel like... Uh, parenting has changed. Have you noticed that yes. parenting has changed mm-hmm. with the culture? Yeah, and mm-hmm. with like this generation. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it has has gotten better or gotten worse? Well, probably um, both ways. But um, first of all, I'd like to say that is it is a joy to be on with Carolyn, <laughs> and I do love her very much, and I. I love that she loves the Lord. It's her desire to serve the Lord with all of her heart, to give her all to the Lord. And uh, we do have a wonderful relationship, which I really prize. And I'm so proud of her for doing this nonstop mom um, podcast. And um, because moms do really need encouragement. It can be very, very hard when you're with children every day, you're trying to raise them, and it's it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of your attention. And it can be very frustrating because children are very smart. Yeah. And you really need the wisdom of God because sometimes you just don't know what to do. Right. You don't know <laughs> what to do. You. Yes. Yeah. And um, you really need God's wisdom. 
And one of the things that I was thinking about um, is that honestly, when we have children, God created us. And so children, really, God has given us children. And it's really our responsibility to raise them for Him. When you think about it, you should think they belong to the Lord. They're not even really ours. They're just people on the earth that we get the privilege to raise. And so when we think about we are raising him, our children for the Lord. And so that really helps us to try to do our very best. We want to raise them for him and for his use and for his purpose. And because God has a plan for every person on the earth. He has a plan for our children's lives. And so we need, each one of them has a different personality. So really when you're raising them, you have to consider their personalities. Um, I have Teddy. He was my firstborn. And then three years later, I had Megan. And they're both very different personalities. And, you know, Teddy was more strong-willed like his dad when he was little. And, you know, he would want his way. And so when you tried to correct him, he would, he would really want to do what he wants to do. He doesn't want to do what you want him to do. And so... Now I have a... And now a you have a little Teddy. Teddy. And he wants what he wants. And yeah. that strong will can be a great thing in life because it pushes them. Like my son, Teddy... I'm so proud of him because even though he was raised, we raised him in church and we tried to raise him to love the Lord, he has become a person. He's always been a person who loves to learn and always is learning new things, pressing in to learn something new. And he still does that. He presses in every day, wants to just be a man of prayer, a man of the word, and just be used of the Lord. But he presses in strongly every day to learn and to grow and to to be a help to people. And so that strong will can be a good thing, but it's hard to raise a strong-willed child because you're always battling the will. But the Lord helps us to deal with it in love. I remember one time when Teddy was little and he was constantly... um, You know, you feel like you're always battling him, battling that will, your will against theirs. And (laughs) it seems like sometimes you're always correcting and disciplining, which you have to do, because the Lord wants us to teach them to to be obedient. Yeah. And so I remember one time reading the Word, and this is part of a scripture in the Psalms that says, kiss the sun. And it just (laughs) popped out at me, and the Lord just said, Just love on him. Just love on him. Because sometimes you feel like you're doing so much disciplining and correcting and sometimes having to spank. Because the Bible says not to spare the rod. And we don't constantly hit on our children. But what we do is when children refuse to obey you and they say, I am not going to do what you say, there has to be a time when, when that needs a spanking. Yeah. And... So many people nowadays, they're just, they think they're going to put them in time out or whatever. Sometimes they just have to have a spanking. And, um, but so yeah, strong-willed children can be difficult. Whereas my daughter, Megan, she was very compliant. And if you told her not to do something and her dad would say, I'm going to give you a spanking. She just would break down crying and say, okay, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. She was not 
the strong-willed child, but now she is very strong-willed. In her later years, she's become but in like the very strong. Areas. So she's yes. strong in the areas of ministry and her prayer life and her desire for the things of God. So you're able to form to form that strong will mm-hmm. for her later life. Yes. And I remember uh, we did homeschooling and uh, Teddy wanted to go to high school when he uh, Got to ninth grade. He just wanted to go to high school to play sports. And really, when kids become that age, they really want more involvement with their peers, kids their age, and to hang out and do things with kids their age. And so we said, okay, we will allow you to go to school. We just homeschooled mainly. I did it mainly because I wanted to have the family together when we traveled. I thought it was so important that my children were with their mom and their dad when they were being raised. Because in their formative years, they really need to be with their mom and dad um, more than with their peers um, when they're little. Because they take on the values of who they are with most of the time. And so it's hard when children are in school all day and they spend all those hours with, you know, other kids that don't have the values you have. You really have to work hard to press in to get your children to understand um, their values. Yeah, that's a really uh, good point because we're always trying to push our kids out, make sure you can get in every sport possible, make sure you can get in every school elective, every school activity, when really, like you said, they just really need to be around us during their formative years as much as possible so we can pour in their life and guide them and train them. And nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with the other stuff, but when that becomes their just everyday affair and you get, you know, one to two hours with mm-hmm. them at night, right. you don't have much time to speak into their lives and pour into them. Right. Because they come home, they want to have some playtime, then you have homework, bath, get them in bed. And so you don't have a lot of time to really... Um, spend with them. And Carolyn had asked me, what are some things that you would have changed um, about parenting? Yeah, if you and, look back, is there mm-hmm. anything you feel like you I, would I have changed? The things that I really wanted to do back then, um, at, and I did do, but I really would have uh, done more of it, taken more time, like paying more attention to how you use your time, because sometimes you just let your days go by and just whatever happens, happens. But to be intentional about how your day is going to go and to plan your days with what is really important. And the things that are really important when you're raising your children is the things of God. It is learning to... I remember when I was getting ready to get married, I told my mom, I said, Mom, what I want to do is teach my children how to really love the Lord. Because I was raised um, going to an Episcopal church, and I didn't really know the Lord, but I had a hunger and desire to know the Lord. And so I wasn't really raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad would take us to church and drop us off and pick us up when church was (laughs) over. And um, I'm thankful for that. At least they knew that. But they weren't saved, and they didn't know anything. But I told my mom, I said, I really want to teach my children how to really love the Lord. And that was my my goal. And so um, it's so important to just 
share the word with them. Yeah. And even even getting a good devotional that's good for kids or for teenagers or for the family. And even just morning and night. I mean, in the morning, get that devotional out get and pray with them and talk with them, even at nighttime. I used to lay in bed with my kids um, and just talk things over with them. I remember Teddy, uh, he was five years old when he really began to feel the call of God. And, and, and doing homeschooling, as I know we're going to be discussing homeschooling too, but homeschooling, one of the things in his kindergarten program, in the Bible portion of it, it actually asked the children, have you ever accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? And that was awesome because children that are raised in church and they're in church all the time, you know, sometimes you forget to actually see, make sure your kids are saved. It's true. You're and so, so worried about everything else and every volunteer position and what you guys are doing that you mm-hmm. forget to actually do it towards your children. You know yeah. what I mean? You're so busy trying to get everyone else saved. And it's like, wait a second, I got to figure yeah. out if my house is right. So I was so thankful for that. And I remember at, at that asking the child, have you ever received Jesus as your savior? And I, I remember asking both of my kids, you know, and, and they really said no, because you know, we never actually did that with them. And I remember having the joy of actually just praying with them at the time, you know, to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And what a joy that is, you know. And so these things are so important. You have to, you have to plan and make time for the Word and to try to just read the Bible with them and bring it to their level and as to what they're dealing with at that point in their life, you know, to make it understandable. That's why the kids' devotionals are great, because it, it deals with things that they're dealing with at the time and just discussing those things and paying attention to their needs and talking with them. And I remember Teddy, I, was, I began to tell you about how he uh, was five years old and just talking with him at night in his bed before he went to sleep and praying with him. And I remember him saying, you know, at five years old, Mom, how do you know if God is calling you to preach? Aww, yeah. You know, how sweet. Yeah. He just felt the call of God and he loved being in the services and, and listening to Dad preach. I can remember just as a little, little boy, um, we'd start to teach him scriptures. And it would be so cute because whenever my husband would be preaching and he'd actually start to quote a scripture and Teddy would be sitting by me in church and he'd actually say the scripture (laughs) with his dad, you know, and that was so awesome. But I remember him asking, how do you know if God's calling you to preach? And I just said, well, you're just going to know in your heart. Yeah, and that and that's uh, real quick just to stop you. That's a good point. As you were saying that, it just made me think. Like, I've had moms come to me and be like, you know, they want their kids to have you know the fivefold ministry gift call in their life and stuff. But what do you say, you know, to that to those moms? Because it's not your mom that calls you. That's right. It has to be the Lord. That's right. So what do you what do you tell those parents that are you know? kind of almost forcing their kids' future in ministry, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Right. Uh, The child has to know for themselves. Yeah. You raise them to serve the Lord, and you tell them that they're going to hear from the Holy Spirit themselves, and God will speak to them themselves 
We don't force that upon our children at all. Right. But we do involve them in ministry and help them to become soul winners. Yes. I think it's so important for children, especially a lot of, we live in in a prosperous time in America compared to a lot of the years before. And kids, you know, they can just have so much and just be involved in their own little world. But it's so important for them to see what it's like for the for the families that don't know Jesus and a lot of the families that have are are hurting people that are in poverty poverty people that are have children that have terrible diseases you know what it's like to live with a mom and dad that are drug addicts at a certain time in their lives children should be exposed to the awfulness of sin so that they can actually see and compare yeah. what is it like for people that don't know God and really they are living under a curse. Right, how do they live? It's so important for them to see that. And I love children that are involved in ministry because they can see the needs of people and really get a compassion to see how awful it is for little children that are dying of cancer and have lost all their hair and they're taking medications and chemo and, and to see Jesus heals people. Yeah. And to, to get that in their heart, yeah. that they want to serve the Lord because they have the answer for the whole world. Right. I remember right. when Megan was going to, to high school. Um, Teddy went to high school. And then when Megan got to ninth grade, I said, Megan, you're going to go to high school too because I realized I do not want to teach trigonometry, <laughs> biology, chemistry. I am not looking um, forward to that. You know, calculus all. and all of those things. That I hated te- all those classes. <laughs> oh, it's I like hard. I befriended my teachers just so they would like me so I could pass. I, I actually <laughs> love teaching the early years, the formative years, and teaching them to read and all those things. And and really, when you're homeschooling, you are learning it over again because you forget all those things when years go by. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Megan, I said, Megan, I want you to go to high school. And at first, she was afraid because she was timid and quiet when she was little. Teddy was the talkative one, and he would talk all the time. (laughs) Still does. Yep, But Megan, she kind (laughs) of just, she sucked her little finger when she was young. She'd just sit around and suck her finger, and her brother did all the talking. And she was really kind of shy when she was little. And... When, she, when I told her t- she was going to go to high school and Teddy was going to be a senior that year when she went into ninth grade and she was a little bit afraid and I said, Megan, really everybody that comes to ninth grade, there's five middle schools that come together to go to the high school and everyone is new, so no one will even know that you're new. Right. But I encouraged her. I said, you know what, Megan? So many, you will see when you get to high school, so many of those kids are so hurting. They don't know Jesus. They don't have what you have in their lives. And God will use you to help people. You're going to see the needs. And I remember when she started going to school, she came home in shock. (laughs) And she said, Mom, you would not believe how these kids in school act. And the teachers couldn't even control the classroom yeah, or, or bad now. kids. And I said, Megan, you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have power and authority in your life. And even if the teachers can't even control their classrooms, I said, you can as That's a student. Good. You can go in there. And everyone loved her because she is so sweet. She is. I love And her when she would go to school, she would just say, hey, <laughs> straighten up. 
I am tired of. <laughs> she would tell the kids. I can totally picture it because she totally changed when she went to school. So we she became very strong in the spirit. That's and both great. of our kids became the president of the Bible club in school. And we had an awesome Bible club where there was so many kids in Bible club, like close to 300, that they gave the kids the auditorium. They'd bring their instruments. They'd do worship. They would preach. They'd lay hand, have altar calls, That's lay awesome. hands on, on their friends and pray with them. It was great. It was a great opportunity to bring the gospel to the school. But so you you can teach your kids to be strong in the Lord good. and to be filled with the Holy Ghost and that they can even, you know, um, pray for their friends. Yeah. And I remember Megan came home one day and she was so upset. One of the, the girls in her, in her class um, was abused by the mother's boyfriend. And... Um, the mother knew about it, and the, the girl was just so upset with both of them because this was going on and it wouldn't stop. So she actually went home and got a rifle, and she shot the mother's boyfriend and her mother and killed them. Oh, my gosh. Here she is, a girl in high school, but she's so totally... Yeah, tormented by that. ...frustrated by this abuse you know, and you can't even believe that these things go on. Megan was just so distraught. And I said, see, Megan, you don't know what's going on in lives of kids. And I said, let the Lord use you to just love on them and share the gospel. You don't know who you're helping. Right. You know, and I love how you said uh, you you see what's going on out there. Let the Lord use you. So you taught your kids to hear the voice of God at a young age instead of your voice. You didn't yes. say, Teddy, you're going to be a preacher. No. Megan, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to sing. You're going to do this. It was like, no, you're going to see the joy of mom and dad serving the Lord, of the miracles that are in the meetings, and then you told them about how to love on others. Mm-hmm. So it, they were able to hear the voice of God to then pursue ministry on their own because yes. God called them to do it, not mom or dad or grandma or, you know, whoever, yes. you know, it's, it's never going to work. If you're forcing your children to be in the fivefold ministry or ministry like that, and to be on a platform, that might not be their calling. And it's just never going to work out. And it's going to be frustrating for them. And mm-hmm. they've got to do what God has called them to do. And you don't have to have a major platform, per se, uh, you know, with in a mega church to get the, the gospel out. Yes. He's called everybody yes. in ministry. That's right. And I think one, one last thing that I uh, was probably a mistake that I did is... You really need to allow the Holy Spirit to um, speak to you about each child individually. The Holy Spirit knows their thoughts, their heart, and the things that they're dealing with inside. And sometimes parents can pass it over, not, not pay close attention to what's really happening in their children. And I remember Megan, when she was a little girl, she began to deal with fears and, um, you know, I just oh, kind of brushed it off because um, I'm, I'm kind of an optimistic person and I just 
I'm a person that always wants everything to go smoothly and just to have peace in the home and everything. And so I didn't want to even go there with her. I didn't want to. Yeah, I brushed it off. I didn't deal with it because I just thought, oh, you'll be fine. I didn't, you know, pay close attention. But children will deal with these things. Lots of children deal with fears. They need their parents to be strong be authoritative and and really be concerned about every little thing. I mean some pe- some parents go way overboard. Sure. Yeah. Way there's overboard. An extreme to it. But there is a balance. But it is true. When you told yes. me that story, it it helped me change my thinking and look at each of my kids differently and how to handle their stuff and one time that tried to affect Brooklyn with certain things and I was mm-hmm. like instead of brushing it away I was like, nope, we don't have a spirit of fear. We're going to quote the Bible. He's given us love, power, sound mind. We have authority over that. And yes. we had to like take care of it right then and there, mm-hmm. like you said. Yes. And even like with traveling, and Teddy would tease Megan. We'd be in a hotel and we'd get on the elevator. <laughs> what? Teddy would tease <laughs> <You> Megan? <laughs> Big brothers like to tease our little sisters. And he'd get in the elevator and he knew that she, she'd, he'd made her afraid of the elevator. He'd push all the buttons and jump up and down and push the alarm. And she would just freak out, you know. And... um yeah, she began to have some fears, and um, I should have really dealt with that closer because it, it ca- kind of came back on her in her later years where she had to, and really, it comes to a point where each child has to learn how to deal with it right. by the Holy Spirit with the Word of God, and that actually will strengthen you to learn how to overcome. Every right. time you ac- overcome and get the victory over every problem, you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you can help others who are dealing with it. It's a big problem right now in the world where people are dealing with these spirits of fear. And really, it can can really be not just a fear, but it's a demonic spirit that has to be dealt with by the power of God. So people that don't have the Lord and are dealing with these fears... They really need to have Jesus, and that's a great way to win souls, is to tell them. The only way that you can really overcome this fear, these panic attacks, this worry, is to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life because he has conquered it. Yes. And with him, you can conquer it and overcome it. Right. Amen. So those are some things that you would have changed when you yes. were parenting. Yes. Focusing on... Certain situations within each child, paying more attention to different er- spending time with teaching them, like you yes. said, spending time uh, just pouring into them, which obviously you did. I mean, look how well they turned out. But I'm just saying, like, you wanted it to be more of a zoned and focused yes. time with them. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you see as some of the biggest mistakes being made with parenting in this new generation? Because that's kind of like what I asked you at the beginning. Yes. Like, do you think it's gotten worse and mm-hmm. or better and what mistakes do you see being made well i'd, I'd like to read um, a scripture yeah the foundation really for parenting is that we understand that we have the authority god has given parents authority in the home that's good and people especially people that aren't saved and they don't know the word I've seen parents thinking that their children are equal with them, and they're afraid to even 
discipline them, you know, because they think, well, you know, the kids are, are really, and they try to reason it out with a two-year-old, and they're afraid to take authority. Right. But it's so important to take authority and to, to see that God expects you to make your child to become obedient to you. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children need to learn how to be obedient. And I love this scripture in, in Genesis eighteen nineteen. God had called Abraham, and really, God made a covenant with Abraham. And in the Old Testament, it's one of the he, he's one of the most important people in the Old Testament because God used Abraham and his seed to bring the word of God and his will to the earth. Yeah. And so when he was talking to Abraham, he said, I have chosen, acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. And that part of the scripture where it says, he will command his children after him, is so important because we need to command our household, especially the dads. It's the father's job to command his household after him. Yes. Those children need to be obedient. Your children need to listen to your word so that they will listen to God's word and learn how to be obedient to God's word. If they don't listen to you and learn how to be obedient to to you, their lives are going to be terrible. Because yeah. they will never listen to their teachers. It will be awful. Yeah. They will not listen to the law. It'll be terrible. Yeah. They they may end up in jail. So they have to learn who is in authority and how to obey authority. And it's you know, at a certain age you can tell your children why you're telling them. But when they're two years old, they don't have to know why. They just have to do what you say. Right. You do what I say. Because I even told my children when I was raising them. She was just getting the mom voice. (laughs) The mom voice. You do what I say. You're going to do what I tell you to do. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Sure, whatever you want. Because it's so important for children. I remember telling my children. I said, you know what? God told me to make my children mind. And to be obedient. That's good. And so I have to obey God. And I'm obeying him. Whether you like it or not. You're going to do what I say. Sure. You're going to do what dad and I tell you. Because we are the boss. Yeah. And you know what? It actually makes children feel secure. They want boundaries. They want. Yes. They want. I remember I had a girlfriend. Who she had children before me. And she wasn't serving the Lord. And she just had this attitude that she didn't want to um, be the authority in her home. I remember her two-year-old was a terrible terror. And he just was not going to do what she said, and she just didn't make him obey. She would... She would, like, lock him in his room if he wasn't (laughs) doing what he... Instead of Dealing with the situation right. and That's taking what we authority. Don't see a lot, is she would lock him it. in his room and he would destroy everything, oh, break man. everything, pound on the door, make holes. And I mean, That's insane. It is insane. Me. 
what kind of household is this? Later on, I went back to try to contact her on Facebook because I hadn't seen her for so many years. And her son had locked her in the room. (laughs) I noticed, I saw where her son actually joined the military. And I thought to myself, he really wanted authority and rules in his life. So which way did he go with this with this mother who is so lenient, he went and joined the military in his later years, which is good. I'm happy. I'm glad he did. Yeah. But, I mean, you you have to. Yeah, if you don't shows. make your children obey, that. you are displeasing to God. Yeah, that's true. And, and how You, you expect, are disobedient to the you, Lord. Yeah, and how do you expect your kids to listen to God and Jesus? Like, they can't physically see him. Right. And they won't even listen to you. And they, you're standing right in front of them. Right. It's like, wait, we, we got this backwards. That's true. They need to listen to us, which is going to help them listen to the And it actually and makes the else. children happy to, to see, you know what? I have to obey God. I have to obey what he tells me to do. I obey his word. I want to please him because he wants to bless us. Yeah. And he wants you to be blessed, my children. And that's why if you listen to mom and dad and obey mom and dad, you will be be blessed and you will live a long life yeah. on the earth. That's the what Bible I was just says if you if you honor. Yeah, that's what I was just going to. Go ahead to. And, and read it. Children obey your, 6 1. Children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. And that's what she said at the beginning of this podcast. Like we're, we're borrowing them from the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Amen. So you have to, you have to do these things. And then when you do it, you apply it, you will live well and happy, your family will be in joy. Mm-hmm. And then you sow that seed, and you have kids, they're going to honor you, and you're going to learn how to raise them, mm-hmm. and you'll live a long life on the earth. We all want to live a long life. We don't want to be short for dishonoring our parents. That's right. <laughs> and I, I remember reading um, the book that Carolyn mentioned today, what the Bible says about child training. And it was so good, because one of the first things in the beginning of the book talks about we are born, the Bible tells us we are born into sin. And even though our little babies look so sweet and innocent, it only takes a year or two for you to see that they were born with a sinful nature. Yeah. <laughs> the sinful nature is all about me. It's selfishness. That's what the sinful nature is. It's selfishness. And children need to learn as they're growing and we need to train them. It's not all about you. They need to learn how to think of others, to respect others. Very true. And to understand what's going on, especially when they're little, they have to understand in the household what's going on. That mom and dad are to be honored and respected. And that, you know, it's just not all about you. <laughs> and this takes a lot of training. It takes years of training to teach children um, to learn. Sure. About others. They come out selfish. They do. It's all, you know, a two-year-old, it's mine. Yeah. You know? Even as an infant, they don't Mm -hmm. know patience. They're hungry. That's it. You have to go to their every beck and call to feed them. So they're, it's almost like they've been raised in, in being selfish Mm -hmm. and you've got to now teach them as they get older to break that. Yeah. 
And I mean, training begins with children. Um, you know, I can remember when you start to change, change diapers and they don't want to sit there to get their diaper changed. Yeah. And you have to hold them there. You will stay here while you get your diaper changed. That's the beginning of, of the training, I yeah. remember. <laughs> it's like, no, even though they're one, you cannot get off the couch or whatever. Right. You're staying right here and getting your diaper changed. So training begins early. Even but in the you, small things. Yes. Yep. But you do it in love. Always, you know, parents should always, you have to be the adult and you have to have the fruits of the spirit and you have to have self-control, love, gentleness, temperance, you know, all of those things should be exuding from you. Even though you want to scream in anger (laughs) and frustration. And lock them in their room. (laughs) And get out the wooden spoon. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a good idea for parents to get that wooden spoon and to give themselves a few whacks because you have to understand what it really feels like (laughs) because, you know, when you have a little two-year-old and you just want to wail on them because they are being so bad and having temper fits and everything else. But you have to really understand, you know. There is a balance with it. There is. There is a balance with it. Because you cannot lose your control in anger that that's not pleasing yeah. to god if you've never taught them what they're being disobedient about or being foolish about it's not fair to go no. ahead and start whipping them that's right it's in it's in pure defiance yes. once they've known and been told or mm-hmm. you know it's happened before and they know not to do it again then mm-hmm. you apply the spankings but yes. not just you're swinging spoons around all day long <laughs> i remember um when we were n- newly married we were traveling i didn't have any children yet and we stayed with a young pastor and his wife and they had children and i was going out with the pastor's wife we were going to go out and run a few errands go to the store and she had her little guy, she put her kids in the car, and um, the little one, he might have been two or three, and uh, she had to run in the house to get something, and I was sitting in the car. Well, he gets out of the car and starts running down the yard. They had a long yard, and there was a busy road up there. He was running at full speed towards the road, and I, I get out of the car, and I'm yelling his name, you know, come back, come back, stop, come back. And he wasn't listening. He was just going. And she came out at that moment. She saw him running towards the road. And she's running after him and yelling him to stop and to come back. And he wasn't listening. He went straight towards the road. And just before he got to the road, she scoops him up and she grabs him and she brings him back and she puts him in the car and she tells him, now when we get home, You're getting a spanking. We're going to the bedroom and I'm going to speak to you because you did not listen to mommy's word and you could have got run over by by a car and everything. So we were gone for like a couple hours. When we got back, she took him to to the bedroom and gave him a talking to and she gave him a spanking. Which is not Which was really good because parents have to remember what you say, you have to keep your word. And you can't just, oh, it's it's over now, it's past. You have to deal with every situation. So that child remembers what mommy said. I was getting a spanking when we got home and she wasn't even mad about it anymore. It had been a couple hours had gone by. So we don't just spank in anger, but we discipline so that our children will obey our word. 
That's right. That's they have to listen when they're running towards the road and you say stop right now. They have to do it. Right. And if they don't, they have to get a spanking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have to learn that you obey what I say. That that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm very thankful that Ted is a great help as a father because mm-hmm. it is not easy no. to discipline your children, but there are times where it's not done right away and it's like I already said it. That's why yes. it's important parents think before you yes. give a punishment, think before you say something, think before you take going to take something away, you know if they're older and you're taking a device away or something right. like that. Think about it because you do you end up looking foolish when your words no mm-hmm. good to them anymore. Yes. Oh, well, mom said that before, but by the time she gets home, she's going to forget about it mm-hmm. and I'm still going to have my iPad. Mm-hmm. It's like no because I'm very cautious before I say something to my children, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be, you're getting your iPad taken away, you know, you can't do this, technology's gone, you're getting a spanking. Mm-hmm. I'm very careful because I am huge on if mom says it or dad says it, it's going to happen. Yes. And I do see that a lot lately with uh, younger moms and friends where, like you said, they say it, we're at the park or something. And, you know, I'm also big on doing it right then and there too. There mm-hmm. are times where I've had to do it later, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, we're going to the bathroom we're at right. a restaurant let's go they know when i say we're going to the bathroom <laughs> and they haven't asked to go pee that it's not going to be a good thing <laughs> so you know you got to make sure your word is good and that that's something i i think that we see with this generation too that our mistakes is they just say it in the heated moment and then it's forgotten about right so do you say that do you think Uh, that the number one um, biggest mistake you're seeing with parenting in this generation is the lack of honor, respect, and discipline? Yes, I think so. I I believe that. Because I think everything else stems from that. Mm -hmm. Once that's in order, the rest of your home can be in order. Yes. Amen. That's the foundation. That's good. Yep. That's that's what you read in Genesis. Mm -hmm. That is the foundation. Because God created man to fellowship with him. Right. This is the foundation is that we raise our children to know God and to fellowship with Him in love, you know. And so we have to raise them for that. Yeah, I agree. All right, number three. Um, I have a lot of people that listen to me that are homeschool moms, mm-hmm. so they'll appreciate this part as well. And, you know, I never thought I would homeschool. Mm-hmm. I, did never, I never grew up saying I would homeschool. Mm-hmm. I went to school. I went to private school my whole life. I, I enjoyed the whole school atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started having kids, you know, my husband is an evangelist, so we... You know, when I married him, I wanted to do, like you said, ministry with him. I know that you can do ministry separate. You know, there are people that do it that have jobs and and things like that. A little different when you're pastoring because you're not like on the road and gone all the time. Yeah. For traveling ministries, it is so, to me, so vital and important that you stay together. Yeah. That you stay together because... Uh, even the few times that I haven't traveled with him was uh, for long periods of time when I was at the end of my pregnancies mm-hmm. and you get in a different routine. Yes, you do. Like he comes home on a different time schedule. You mm-hmm. know how it is. The time's off. You're late. You're doing a bunch of things while you're on the road. Right. And he comes home on a different schedule or, or he's in church and he's experiencing uh, things happening within the ministry yes. and the anointing and the salvations and mm-hmm. the miracles and 
I'm home. I'm right. home, tired. I'm with three kids. We're on our own schedule, mm-hmm. and I feel like it just clashes right. in the end. So I'm very, 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 very extremely thankful that I get to um, be a stay-at-home mom and travel with Ted mm-hmm. and our three children. Yeah. And people say, you know, do you have a nanny? Do you go to all the services? Uh, no, I don't have a nanny. I am the nanny. I am the teacher. I'm the mom. Yes. <laughs> and um, yes, we go to every single service when we're on the road. I mm-hmm. don't stay back in a hotel. I mm-hmm. don't pick and choose. If Ted's at, at service, mm-hmm. we're at service. Yes. So we literally do this as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, but I never figured I'd be homeschooling. But now that I homeschool, mm-hmm. I can't picture not doing it. Yes. I love it. And yeah, there are days where I want to pull my hair out. Right. I mean, this past week, I literally looked at my kids and I said, all right, we're going to get in the car. I'm going to drop you off at the doorstep of the first school outside of our neighborhood. So get your backpacks. You know, there are, it's not that every day is easy, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, when I look at it as a whole, I am so happy that I can mm-hmm. homeschool them, that um, they're around us all the time mm-hmm. and that I am, I get to choose what's poured into their life, yes. what they get to be around, what they get to experience. Yes. Not in a controlling way. You no. know, people use that word control as a bad word, but mm-hmm. it's not. It, 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 it's in a controlled atmosphere, which is yes. a good thing. So if you are thinking about homeschooling and you haven't pulled the plug yet, mm-hmm. you know, contact me. I'll give you more information on what I do and what I use. I also have written that on my blog on the Nonstop Mom Facebook. But I encourage you. Do it. Yes. Do homeschooling. So, you know, my mother-in-law did homeschooling um, for both her kids up until high school. What were challenges you faced as well as traveling and doing homeschool? Well, I think um, when we got married and began to travel and then we thought about having children and um, I didn't, you know, I didn't think ahead at that point. And before we had our children... I remember going to a church and homeschooling back then. Uh, Teddy is thirty six or seven. Thirty six. Thirty six. Thirty seven this year. And um, so back then, the homeschooling movement as we know it now was just starting to come about. And we had gone to a church, and this this lady had kids, and she, they were in grammar school, and she told me, the pastor's wife, we're going to homeschool next year. And at that point, really knowing nothing about it, I was appalled. (laughs) I thought, really? What do your children think about it? And she said, they are so excited. We just can't wait to get started. Well, that was the first I'd really heard about homeschooling. And so as as we had our children, we began to travel with them. I mean, Teddy was two weeks old, so was Megan, when they began to travel on the road, (laughs) believe it or not. That's all they knew. Yes. And I wanted to be together as a family with my husband. And I had already traveled for about five years before Teddy came along. I was in the groove of it. I mean, Teddy's first meetings were, we were in a tent meeting. I flew to Indiana. We were in a 10-day tent meeting. So here he is, a two-week-old baby, in service every night in a tent meeting. And we were on the road for like a month, in church every night, you know, and it, came, it went it from there. Him? 
Did it hurt him? He did not feel <laughs> one bad thing about it. He was in the anointing I get every that day. From a lot of parents, they'll say, "Well, what about their sleep schedule? And how do you know if they're going to get enough sleep?" And to me, it's like they're a baby. Yes, they should just go along with they your do. schedule. They they're adapt. Be fine. They adapt completely with your schedule. And when you you love the Lord and you love your children, you do the best for them. We're not being crazy. We're doing the best that we can in God's service. And my children, I can probably count on one hand services that I've missed in over 40 years. My kids, they did not miss church. We just, we never said on Sunday morning, are we going to church? It was a given. (laughs) Every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if we were home, we were in church. If we were on the road, we were in church. But anyway... For homeschooling, we were at a church. My kid, Teddy was getting close to, to kindergarten age, and we were at a church, and they had a, a Christian school. They were using Alpha Omega, and I looked at it, and because back then there were not a lot of homeschooling programs to use, but this was a, a church program they, they were using for their Christian school. And I said, I'm just going to order all this material and I'm just going to start. It was so scary because I didn't know people that homeschooled. It was a brand new movement. There were no, you know, homeschooling groups where you could get together. It started happening as my kids were in grammar school. We started having more things that you could join other other people with. But it was very scary, you know, when you start out to think, am I going to be able to do this? I'm responsible for their education. I have to teach them to read. That's always my thing. I loved it. I loved it. Learning it all over again, teaching them to read. You know, you just study it, you learn it, you teach it to them, and you're doing one-on-one. So you know what what they know and what they don't know. And what I really loved was teaching a Christian program. So every single subject was based on the Bible. Even, you know, your science is based on God created the earth and all of science comes out of that. And even history was based on Christian things. So it was so awesome to teach our children this curriculum. And um, they did fine. They did well. When I actually put Teddy into high school, he was the very first student to come into that high school that had ever been homeschooled <laughs> because it was new back then. And they didn't even know what to do. When I went and met with the, the teachers and everything, they said, what do you even, I mean, we don't even know what to do to this homeschooled <laughs> student because he had no real records from, from school. Right. And I said, just put him in all honors classes and he'll be fine. And he did. Because it was kind of new homeschooling was just... Yeah, it was, it was really a new movement. Then. Yes. And he, he did fine when he, he went to school. So did Megan. When you see um, what my kids do and stuff, has it come a long way? Yeah, like now they have, you know, the internet and, yeah, and the you can do school online and, and there is so much to choose from, you know. And kids get, uh, I mean, not kids, parents get worried about, you know, their kids <laughs> turning out weird mm-hmm. because of homeschooling. But I just tell people never to worry about that. No, like, not at all. It's always the parents. <laughs> if you see a weird homeschooler, <laughs> just look at the parents because right. the parents are probably weird. <laughs> right. But Christians, you know, you're... Like we said in the beginning, they're, they're learning your values. Right. You're homeschooling them. You're with them. You're teaching them what you want them to know. And uh, 
You know, I feel bad for some of these children that have to endure some of the things that go on in school. I know. Even even Christian schools sometimes they're not much better. Yeah. Even though they have Christian curriculum, yeah. but, but the students sometimes can be so difficult nowadays and everything that you waste half of your time when you're supposed to be learning with with correction of yeah. other students, it's and a, it's a waste. There's like twenty kids in a class nowadays, mm-hmm. and even more. I mean, that's a lot. Yes. To uh, be ahead over, to to uh, round up if everyone's like gone yes. haywire. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot. The teacher has to have an assistant nowadays. It's not like a small time classroom where right. you know kids are raised with obedience and authority. And I mean, my mom substitutes, and she just tells me kids just flat out say, "Nope, not yes. doing it." Yeah, give her a hard time, and it's right. like, and it's, now with the school system, you can only do so much. Right. Because then the parents come in and they've got every right under the sun and, you know, they'll mm-hmm. sue you for every little thing. Yeah, yes. it's almost like you have to just like suck up this disrespect and it's terrible. But I want to encourage every parent, if you have the desire and you see the need and you want to do it, you can do it. Yeah. If you want to do it, you can do it. That's true. It's not going to be easy every day because it is work for children. It's hard. It's cute. I watch Little Brooklyn you know, kindergarten can be hard, especially these programs are difficult. You know, they're learning yeah. to read and you see their little mind straining. You know, she was reading yeah. to me the other day and having to sound out every letter to get a word. And yeah. you see their wheels turning in their little brains and you see the smoke coming out of their <laughs> ears because they're real. It's hard. It is it's hard, hard work. Kindergarten is not And they easy. get tired of it and they just get to where... I remember Teddy in kindergarten, he said to me one day, Mom, I'm just not doing it. (laughs) So we had to go to the bedroom and have a discussion on who the boss was in the family, and that he was going to do it. But it's because it's hard work. And so you have to, you know, have patience, have love, have understanding, have graciousness. But, you know, you can get it done. You can do it. Yeah. And if you are a parent where you have to work and your kids have to go to school, Mm -hmm. you know, there's another podcast I did called Six Ways to Make Sure Your Kids Are a Light in the Darkness. So Mm -hmm. if you are going to put them in school, Mm -hmm. you've got to equip them. So that's a podcast I do where it teaches you to equip your children, Mm -hmm. not just say, hey, go in there and be a light you know, spread the gospel, like let's teach them how to do it. So I have another podcast on that. But honestly, if you have the ability to homeschool and you are thinking about it, it, it it's definitely a bonus and mm-hmm. I love it. And Very I never rewarding. thought I would do it, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine yes. not doing it. Yes. Even on the hard days. It's great. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add to our Godly Children podcast that you feel maybe has come in your spirit or anything you've written down that you can, or or, or if we, you don't have anything new, just encourage the yes. young moms that are listening mm-hmm. um, that maybe think it's, you know, hard being a right. mom, hard being a Christian mom, hard, mm-hmm. you know, not choosing to listen to what society says, how we should right. raise our kids. What, what can you say to I want to say moms? that... Um, <clears throat> One of the most wonderful things is to have the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's good. Just seek the Lord and just pray and ask him. He wants you 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples when he was going to heaven, I'm sending you another comforter, and do not go anywhere or do not do anything until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. They went in that upper room and they tarried for 120 days until the Holy Spirit fell. Was it 100? No, for 40 days. It was the day of Pentecost. And until the Holy Spirit came. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because He is your guide. He will help you. He will show you. Um, It's the greatest help is to have the Holy Spirit. And I think we should just pray for for the moms right now. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you would do that. I mean, you have so much wisdom and guidance in the 40 years in ministry, and I really feel like um, praying for these moms for strength and help to raise these giant killers in this generation where the world's getting worse, that we need to have our faith built up like never before. Yes. So, Father, we just come to you right now. We thank you for every woman that is listening today. We thank you for those that are moms and those that are thinking about being moms one day. We just pray that, Lord, you would fill every one of them with the Holy Spirit, That they would have a hunger and desire for your word and to read that wonderful instruction manual that you've given to us. And that they would receive revelation from your word. You'd speak to them through your word. That they would receive understanding and fill them with wisdom, Lord. And just help them to be filled with love and patience and uh that temperance, Lord, that self-control as they raise their children for you. It's so wonderful that we, if we don't even have that natural love sometimes, we can pull on that great love of God that fills our hearts. And Lord, we just pray you would help every one of them to raise their children for you. Yes. And that you would teach their children to love you and to want to serve you, and to see the need of people that need to be saved. We pray for the moms right now, and for every marriage and every home, that the Holy Spirit would dwell there, and that, Lord, you would be glorified, that you, Lord, we bless you, we thank you, you're goodness is so great. We're just so thankful for you, Lord. We're thankful for the word that went forth today. Let every person just continue to grow in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with me today on our Nonstop Mom podcast. I hope you come back and do another one. It was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions or you want to write in, you can uh, find me at nonstopmom.net. And uh, we'd love for you to share this, get the word out, be encouraged. Uh, Just like uh, Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel, the Lord has made us strong and he's given us an answer to our enemies. Thank you so much for listening. We love you and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 